Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some This is the game where we find out if this is the bull I am. Nasua, new rule. And of course, you already know, alongside with me is co-producer Smart. Smarts, what's up with you, sir? Um, all is well, man. Um, Omarion slid through everybody's crib post-Christmas, so... Wait, B2K is Santa Claus now? I mean, if that's... if uh, You're talking about the Amoricron variant. The Omarion. Wow. Omarion. <laughs> that's what they call it, the Omarion. <laughs> he just moonwalked his way into people's just, homes. Yeah. And throats and noses and lungs. Exactly. And now everybody is just like, yo, we got to get triple vaccinated all over again. Yeah. They're saying that the COVID vaccine is now 75% valid against this new variant. Well, which, that's good. Um, I'm I'm assuming that it spread so fast and widely that this might, hopefully, this will be the last wave. Smarts, how is that good? That's a C-plus on a test, bro. It's passing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's start the game, all right? Owner of the top 10 basketball Nike sneakers of all time and the top five power forwards who have ever played this game, Charles Barkley, made it clear that he doesn't like Christmas. Chuck doesn't like the fact that many people tried to act kind towards him just because the holidays arrived, prompting the 1993 NBA MVP to develop some animosity towards Christmas. Ernie, Ernie, man, you know, Christmas is not a lot of fun for me. It's just a big waste of money. Okay, I'm not going to do that no more. When you're black and rich, everybody thinks that you're part of the family. Everybody is a relative. Everybody wants a really nice gift. It's like your family members. Once a year, you buy them a house. The next year, you buy them a car. The next year, you buy them a sweater. They look at you like, you only got me a sweater? They always want the gifts to escalate. So you can't even get them a sweater if you bought them a house the year before because they get pissed off. I'm not a big Christmas fan. I'm a firm believer that Santa Claus should only bring kids gifts. I think Santa Claus should bring gifts to everybody until they get out of high school. And then that's it. That's my personal opinion. Smarts? I ask you, is it the bullshit that Chuck forgot to mention that? Yeah, when you're black and rich, everybody thinks you're part of the family. But when you're black and broke, you're just a part of someone else's Facebook group. Wow, facts. <laughs> That's some BS. <laughs> all right, all right. Next one, next one. All right, this is big business. Check this one out. Black Girls Code CEO Kimberly Bryant, who founded the tech education nonprofit in 2011, was suspended from the organization last week after his boss said she was named in several misconduct complaints. Black Girls Code did not immediately respond Sunday to a request or a comment from The Griot. That's a that's an online website. Okay. The Griot. Okay. okay. The group told Insider on Tuesday that it was investigating serious allegations of workplace impropriety without elaborating. Interim board chair Heather House, who assumed her leadership role this past September, told Bryant via email on Monday that she was being suspended. Several former Black Girl Code staffers suggested to Insider that Bryant's management style was impeding the organization's growth. She confirmed the situation via Twitter Tuesday afternoon, adding that her indefinite mutiny was illegal, a mess, and without cause. Bryant told Insider and the Daily Beast she found out about her suspension this past Tuesday morning after realizing she was locked out of the Black Girl's Code email and Slack accounts. She said no one would answer her calls when she reached out to senior staff to find out what was happening. She said it would have been nice, professional, and even courteous to appraise me of what the specifics allegations are because they have not been articulated to me in any clear format. 
A Black Girls Code spokesperson told Insider a special committee was formed in October to conduct a probe against Bryant's leadership style. Bryant made the Griot Top 100 list in 2014 smarts. The Oakland, California-based group founded a decade ago to educate and promote black girls to pursue careers in tech has grown to include 30,000 members in 16 chapters across the country and formed partnerships with major companies, including Nike and Google. SmartSite asks you, is it the bullshit that if Britney would have gave her mama the email code instead of some random intelligent woman who knows how to will and deal a nonprofit because it's not an LLC, she would have never shut down her company in the first place. That's some BS. So she got suspended from the company that she started. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, man. And finally, and finally, and finally, Eminem's black friend and exhibits N-word with divorces t-shirt business co-owner himself, Dr. Dre, and his ex-wife, Nicole Young, reached a massive divorce settlement this past Tuesday that will see Nicole walk away from her 24-year marriage with $100 million. Sources familiar with the settlement tells the Rolling Stone magazine that the two sides have finalized terms of their split, with the Death Row Records co-founder forking over more than one-fifth of his fortune and roughly half of his liquid assets. Young will be required to move out of their Malibu beach house by the end of the month was she even living it? Anyway. <laughs> but we'll keep a Rolls Royce, a Range Rover, a Escalade limousine, a Spider motorcycle, and all of her bling. The $100 million settlement concludes a 18-month divorce proceeding that played out in the press following Nicole Young's filing in June 2020 and Dr. Dre's move to enforce a prenuptial agreement signed in 1996. But powerhouse attorney and champion of estranged wives, Samantha Spector, fought the validity of the prenup, arguing that Nicole Young has signed it under duress. Smart Psy asks you. I ask you, smart, smart Psy asks you. I ask you, smart, smart Psy asks you. Continue. I ask you, smarts. Continue. Is it the bullshit that some of y'all think marriage is nothing but a G thing until you lose $100 million in the aftermath? You ain't got to answer that. Wow. Did, did you see what I did there? Yes, I see, did. It was like a chronic, and then I did aftermath. Mm-hmm. Because in the chronic it was good, but then there's always an aftermath. aftermath. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. It's a bunch of us. I'm in the colony. Hold on. Everybody on a mountain. Everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it. I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird. Forty on the Yeah, I'm acting nerdy. If it's at the appellation to the appellation, I'ma do whatever that it takes to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the Now River of New Jersey, the pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest Henny Badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the late night flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, passengers? We are first in priority. Donate to the cash app, dollar sign, the late night flight to get this work from minorities. The late night flight, oh, you never heard of it? 
Turn up the turbulence. Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. iHeartRadio, YouTube, and the Late Night QR Scan. Download Audible. Download Amazon to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul van. Hey, I started out not ahead of you. Now I'm the pilot. Look at me. I'm the pilot with the better view. Making sure you can hear all 74 episodes wherever, wherever, wherever. Podcast are available. Now let's take off. Previously on the late night flight. <clears throat> There's a story of a man named Jackson who's a YouTube influencer and a crook. He's a Christian and a husband, but yeah, he's hugging on other girls who look. And then one day he told wifey, grab your bonnet, put the camera on and please girl, don't be shook. I'ma come off bit aggressive, but peep my message. Go ahead and buy my brand new book. Kim Kardashian. Hey yo, listen. Oh, I'ma say. I'ma say it right now. This is this is the show that you get to hear the greatest on. Uh, Kim Kardashian's body looks like a plastic flamingo. And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, "Hey, hey"? You would too if you graduated from an HBCU. I think I hit the lottery. I got 20,000 downloads on Spotify. I'm black man podcast Socrates. I'm blessed like Deuteronomy. Some week way homie said that they grew tired of me. I spin that block like pottery. Go do do shoot through Odyssey. Don't make your mama cry for me. Yelling while I fire three. I started on Baltic Ave. Now we make Monopoly, married to the game. I recreate monogamy. Gotta love what I eat. I can't recreate misogyny. I came up out that mud. Call that young man your young broccoli. Waking big philosophy. I'ma start astrology. Hold on. This is the late night flight. I am Nasua Nuru alongside co-producer Smarts. This is episode 70. And before I talk about how I am attracted to my barber, who is a woman. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name's Corey Gums. I'm your special host for tonight. I'm also the founder of the Black Podcasters Association. Tonight, we have a very special guest. He's the host of the Late Night Flight, Nasor Nuru. He has over 74 episodes and 20,000 downloads. What we want to do in this episode is try to gauge what he really has to come for you guys in 2022. What's up, Nasor? How you doing this evening? Corey, my man, what's good with you, man? So happy to be on the Black Podcasters Association platform one more time to talk all the good good about the Late Night Flight. Well, we're happy to hear, have you here. Um, your last episode with us was really exciting. People really loved it. We're very polarizing. Um, interview. So I'm glad we're here. We can look forward and talk about what you're going to have going on in 2022. Um, I think one of the first questions, um, which is a really good question from your last interview is, are you a podcaster or a personality or is there a difference? Because a lot of people were asking that. That's a great question. I, I don't see too much of a difference of it. Um, as far as my background, 
I come from a a place that could be called a cesspool, depending on what type of person you are. It's called online radio. With online radio, what I was able to do as a program director was develop a plan that would help the online radio schedule, make it consistent with Hot 97 and Z100, basically saying that from this time to this time, we're going to have nonstop continuous programming four days a week, every week. It helped us get 68,000 subscribers. With that being said, I tried to find a way through podcasting to have that same success as far as getting a lot of subscribers, a lot of people to download the material that we have because at the end of the day, that's the, that's the way that we could monetize. There's other ways, of course, through sponsorship, through ad marketing, but the marketers won't even talk to us if we don't display that we have been showing, showcase some type of way that devices, whether it's laptops and uh, laptops or cell phones have been listening to us. So I want podcasters to understand that I'm always a personality. I've been a personality in, in real life. I, I do a podcast because I want to actually work in radio. I understand that podcasting is a big, big thing as far as making money. Of course it is. Um, I believe in, since I am on a grassroots level, I want to be on Z100. Of course, I'm not going to be on Z100, but let's say the Cincinnati version of Z100. I would love to get that job as Cincinnati Z100 new personality, Nassau new rules. So then I can use that platform to help me build my podcast on YouTube with my friends and family that I work with on the late night flight and we can monetize the hell out of it because we're on a platform. People would know who I am. People would see who I am on a national or at least a regional network that is not a podcast. So to conclude that question, Corey, I'm all of it. I am a podcaster by trade because my personality wants to be in a radio medium. Um, you know, and I, I figured that was going to be your answer for somebody who's achieved the level of success that you have with your podcast. What have been some successes that you've had over the past year or have learned in regards to the marketing aspect of your podcast, like demographics, uh, advertisement, engagement? And what are some of the steps that you should take to become a monetized podcast? Okay, so let's start with the demographics because, Corey, I want to I want to let you know that I've been I've been learning from the Black Podcasters Association. I have an avatar. All right, the late night flight is a about thirty to thirty eight year old person that loves hip hop, loves small business, has their own small business, is looking to grow that small business, is considers themselves a professional, goes. Go pray every Sunday. What I'm saying is that if you are someone that is 19 to 49, 18 to 49, that considers themselves a professional, is in the working world, doing their nine to five or, or five to nine or, you know, that graveyard shift, and you're working towards paying your rent, you're working towards paying your bill, you're working towards going through college graduating college. You are the people that I want to speak to, the people that are entrepreneurs, the hustlers, the risk takers. Those are the people that I want to speak to. So that's what the late night flight is. And I hope, I pray that people that come from this hip hop community, because hip hop raised me, hip hop raised me. My father passed away when I was uh, 18 years old at Norfolk State University. Hip hop raised me. I wanted to be a rap artist. I told you that before. 
I was a songwriter. I wrote for Naughty by Nature. I wrote for Lost Boys. That was where my life was going to go. In my, at least what, what I thought was going to happen. So yeah, man, people that love that business and love what hip hop has grown to where Wiz Khalifa doesn't have to make music no more because his, his, his shades make so much money, you know? When the game, his rims make so much money. DJ Envy is over here doing car shows like Funkmaster Flex did in the 90s and early 2000s. That's what I want. Those are the people that I want to talk to. Um, as far as just the downloading is concerned, to be honest, my thing is, I'm just trying to find a way to, this is going to sound crazy, but I want to be an outlaw. I know I'm calling myself a black pilot, but I, I want to be a black pirate. I want to just err my way through the scurry seas of the podcasting world because it's so much filth. And I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just saying the minutia of it all is just too much. Instagram don't want to tell you how you can monetize off of it, but they want to keep telling you to put your, put your, uh, put some stories up and get all these impressions. Be this micro influencer. That's the new word. But it's like, oh, I could be a micro influencer. Fine. But I still have to find a way to talk to the businesses that want to talk to these micro influencers. And it's really far from none that really want to do that. Um, so me willing and dealing online, thinking that that's going to help me get more downloads. I don't know. I'm willing to do that. Build that net. Cast that net. Stretch that net out. But I want to do it not only from online, I want to do it offline. So it's just a mixture that I'm trying to figure out. I'm really trying to figure out if Instagram is the online store I need to be at or do I need to just make my own website and not care about no social media and just say, yo, you need to come to this website, get flyers and have my dot cards that I have. Where when people are tagging me, or rather oh, I'm tagging them because I'm at a club and I got my dot card and I hit them up with my information, all it has now is my website. Well, I don't mean to say my website, but it has the website. It has the late night flight.com, which I do have. I just haven't released it yet. Because honestly, that costs money, Corey. That's $50 a month for a website. Instagram is free. However, is Instagram the reason why I'm getting 100 downloads an episode? No, it's because I already talked to damn near 20,000 devices already. And I'm pretty sure some people already subscribe to a point where they're going to stick around every episode, which I'm happy for. But I need those 100 downloads each episode to turn into 500, 600 downloads each episode. So I need to keep meeting more people right now. OK, so in 2022, what would, what would that plan look like for that for you? Wow, I don't know. To be honest, to be honest with you, Corey, there's a side of me that wants people behind the scenes to have those answers for me because I'm just one person. I can't promote everything. I have an idea of how I want to promote. I could tell you right now, but I'm not going to do that just for time constraint reasons. Just understand that Nasua Nuru has an idea of how I can have five or six people wanting to promote this podcast, we can get a lot of downloads. So the people that's a part of this show that come on and you hear these different characters, I'm trying to get them to understand that because they're everyday people. They're not quote unquote podcasters or even personalities. They're people that saw or heard what the late night flight was. And it was like, yo, I want to be a part of this, but this is the only way they know how to be a part of something by showing that they have creative styles as well and they have a creative appetite that needs to be fed. I want to help feed their appetite. But at the same time, 
the late night flight has an appetite as its own brand. It needs downloads. And I think that because of the spell that social media and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, what they have cast the spell on us, we just believe that this is the best business card. And once we put it out to the world through social media, it's going to rock the world. It's, go- it's not going to be like that. We deal with this, this A word. And I'm not talking about assholes. I'm talking about algorithm. When I get on Facebook, it's automatically going to send me the people that I knew from university high, like my old high school. No disrespect to people from UHS. I ain't trying to get to know you. I know you already. I'm trying to get to know somebody from Alabama, somebody from Texas, somebody from LA. And these social media sites don't necessarily do that for you in that way unless you actually physically take a flight. That means you got to pay money, (laughs) investing yourself to go somewhere else to see if you could rebuild a market from via your brand. So with all that being said, if I'm going to be spending money to create content, spending money to take flights to go other places to meet people, spend money to go promote, I'd rather just make sure it's at a place where everybody can go to and I can control the numbers. I can go to, I don't know, Clorox.com and talk to their business managers and say, hey, look, this is my website. Hey, why you're not on Instagram? No. Look at my website. I just showed you that I have 19,000 people coming to my website each and every week. I have those numbers. The same way we are with podcasting, whether you're with Red Circle or Buzzsprout, you know your numbers. No one knows your numbers. This ain't this ain't music. Like I can go look up Drake and go on Wiki and be like, oh, he went four times platinum on that album. That's look, that looks good. No one really knows if I went 20,000. You know what I mean? Only I know. And I'm willing to show people But since it's outlawed, and I'm calling it like that, I'm being funny, but since this game is outlawed like that where I only know everything, then I'd rather keep all those numbers to myself by not really being on social media. Let me just build a website and make sure all the people can go to that website because that's a true indicator that people don't care about what site I'm on. They care about if the late night flight is on a site, let me get there because what this person and what the, the team that he has are putting together is actually something different and special. Great answer. Um, and since we're talking about advertisers, I, I think this is a great quote that we can now move into this portion of, of our conversation. And it comes from Natasha Stockton, Director of, Communica- uh, Director of Communications Planning at Mindshare. And her quote is, marketers have an immense opportunity to support and elevate Black podcasters today. In doing so, not only will they better connect with Black audiences, but this support can help Black creators breathe and thrive in a space where their voices are often underrepresented. It shouldn't, be, it shouldn't surprise anyone to hear about the importance of Black creators in stories and culture, but this research goes another key step in better understanding the growth of Black listeners as well. What does that quote mean to you? What are your thoughts regarding that quote? That quote right there, honestly, made me wake up and say, yo, I am a Black podcaster. What was I thinking in the first place? Yes, definitely. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, when I first uh, read that quote, because what, what's going on or what can happen is these stories that these black podcasters, of course, I'm a black podcaster. I talk black issues, black stories like anyone else. But now that these stories are not only being heard by the people, our people, the markets, that want to tap in to our community and our people, they're going to want to invest in us. And I would love 
for the people, the listeners that are not necessarily into podcasting yet, but once they hear these podcasts and when they're done with the first 20 minutes, they get a, a advertisement for, I don't know, Brillo. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. a, a cool household product. I'm, I'm, I'm being funny, of course, but you get my drift, whether it's Lexus, whether it's Apple, whether it's, shoot, I don't know, ShopRite. I don't know. You know what I mean? But the point I'm making is all the hip hop businesses, small businesses, tall businesses, when people start listening to these marketers coming to our real estate and buying up our real estate, that's going to make our medium as a, as a whole, the whole podcasting community, that much more legit. And it's going to get the black community to say, you know what? I need to be more involved because that's, that's life. Think about it. Most young black boys, they grow up wanting to be like the drug dealers because the drug dealers are the ones with the fly clothes. They dating the lawyers. They dating the teachers. Ain't even a male lawyer dating the female lawyer. It'd be the drug dealer. So it's like you're hooked to this style and you want to try to have this style. There are going to be young black listeners that's going to listen to these podcasts, see that they're making money, they're doing businesses, and it's going to make them say, you know what? I want to be a podcaster too. So yeah, man, shout out to that quote. I really, really enjoyed that one. Well, you know, recently they dropped the uh, Edison Research dropped the whole Black Podcasters Listeners Report, and mm-hmm. one of the big things that was came from that report was the uh, the connection between the Black audience and the Black host, and how with advertising, if if it's a a, a Black pro- if it's a Black product or or the host is promoting that product, the right. audience is more responsive to purchasing and, and actually engaging in that advertiser's product, right? Than, um, across the other parts of the medium of, of podcasting and other communities. So we do have the buying power. So that when I read this quote, I was like, this is really important. And I could see how it was impactful for you. So oh, yeah. I think that's great. Um, you mentioned the youth with podcasting. Yeah. For, 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 um, and we talked about demographics a little earlier. For, your, for the late night flight, do you find a demographic of a younger generation um, in your fan base? And how can you influence that fan base t- for 2022 to look at this medium as a, an alternative to creating a, a revenue stream for themselves. This is where you have to think outside of the box. You're not going to do this on Instagram and think you're going to just tap into a hundred young people. It doesn't work like that. You got to go to the schools, go to the high schools, show them, the, hey, look, it's the late night flight. I got my flyers, you know, whatever the case may be. Let me have a workshop with the kids. Let's, let me, Talk about the business of podcasting to the kids. Because they're definitely going to ask you, but, but let me hear it then. Let me, if you, since you're over here talking like you know something, let me hear it. They hear it. They may like it. Like, oh, word, I could do this. And that's what's important. In my mind, I'd rather go to these elementary schools, these high schools, and teach it, preach it, if you will, to the young community, because guess what? Even though you you might be talking to 30 kids or 100 kids, realistically, it's going to be 10 of them that's going to come to you after the, after the seminar's over and be like, yo, how can I do this right now, though? And that's when you know, hey, you know what? You can build a community like this. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're aware that's, that that's one of the, that generation, the younger generation is one of the fastest growing audiences in podcasting. So... I agree with you wholeheartedly. I've even done that myself in in the, in the teaching the business side of podcasting. So, uh, you know, I I would love to see 
how your marketing plan in 2022 encompasses the younger generation because a lot of times from the from us older people, um, and I'm kind of aging myself right now, but <laughs> for us older people, we tend to forget about them as a key demographic group for some of our podcasts and some as, as an audience that we can actually reach and in, in influence yeah. for the future as well as help us grow. So I, I think that's a great approach. Um, so I, you mentioned earlier about businesses and you have your business and how is, how is, how is that going to shape? How's that going to look in 2022? Um, Cause correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to assume late night flight is a business as well as it is being just a podcast or just a, a just content on the internet. And I think a lot of people tend to confuse that sometimes. How, how does that look in 2022 for you? Right now, to be honest with you, it needs to continue to be a podcast. I mean, Think about some of the great podcasts, the ones that's on, they damn near on TV at this point. They're, they're consistent. The Joe Rogans, the Joe Buttons of the world, whether Buttons say, I want to do a, a bi-weekly show, at least he does the bi-weekly show weekly. Uh, Joe Rogan was doing an interview every five days a week. No problem. As if he was late night talk show, but it was in the daytime. Um, hell, even on, even on TV still, whether you're streaming or you have cable, Nick Cannon is on daytime television now. You know, it's these people, these good people right here, they found ways to be consistent and be there every day. Podcast is, we got to figure out that as well. Realistically, we got to be on point, on demand as consistently as we can. Right now, thank God I'm doing something weekly. I think that is getting attention for the show, which is fine. What's more important is the content of it. And I hope that the content just matches the push, the confidence of the host, because the confidence of the host is, is, look, to be honest, it's a bit much. You know what I mean? So I got to make sure that the show is matching the energy of the host because the host wants, wants a lot. He wants a lot. He really do. and. Uh, I can't really think about the other things with the late night flight until this podcast version right now. The podcast really takes off and, w- and, and goes where it needs to go. Hello, passengers. As always, it's our pleasure to entertain you. Please direct your attention to the screen in front of you for a little in-flight entertainment. We know you'll enjoy. This is the TLNF Report with Ted Tuffer. It's Tuffer on January 4th. Get your popcorn ready because the real mound of daytime television and Michael B. Jordan's stepdad, Steve Harvey, is the new host of another Judge Judy Court show entitled Judge Steve Harvey. This man has never had any judgeship, any legal license, and he has no background in law whatsoever. What you didn't know is mandated by all court show television programming. So how do you clean that up? Executive producer Steve Harvey has built himself as... Me playing by my own rules, basing his courtroom on his life experiences and just some good old common sense. Ah. Well, if only we based our rulings on good old common sense, you know? Like, for example, Judge Steve Harvey, I shot this man because the man owed me money. And I told him, Your Honor, if I catch you on my property without any money, Street's gonna rename you Sheik Malik. Because I'm gonna shoot your ass. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And in other news, 
How was everybody's Christmas? Because my Christmas was wonderful. You want to know why? Because James Harden and COVID teamed up for 100 points as the Nets defeated the Lakers on Christmas Day. After the game, I had the pleasure of asking Steve Nash about the big win. And he said, I know Kyrie Irving is coming back, looking to help out the team. But ever since we just picked up this new kid, Omnicron Varian on a 10-day contract, our chemistry has been sick. And finally, former Major League Baseball player, Oakland A's Herb Williams received $33.5 million from McDonald's after a recent lawsuit in which McDonald's Corp denied him and other black McDonald's franchise owners the opportunity to purchase restaurants in affluent areas. This discriminatory practice encountered by Washington and other black franchisees caused $700,000 sales gap between black-owned franchises and white-owned franchises. Therefore, McDonald's decides to reach its settlement agreement in which McDonald's will purchase 13 restaurants for $33.5 million in exchange for Washington exiting the McDonald's system and dismissing the lawsuit. Herb Washington, if you didn't know, only made $65,000 a year in one year. I'm sorry, his last year probably. That was a long time ago. They wasn't getting paid millions to play baseball back then. They can do as hell getting paid millions to do it now. But anyway, in 1974, he won a chip with the Oakland A's, and that's when he made the 65000 Sounds like the McRib did more for him than Reggie Jackson ever did for baseball. Wow. That was so corny, but whatever. I don't care if you laugh at my joke. You ain't got to laugh at my joke because you're still going to hear me. This is the TLNF Report, and you're going to hear me every single week. So you might as well get used to it. And always remember, when the going gets tough, get tougher. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. What the f***? This that pilot right here. I got a great question for you. Celebrity Deathmatch. Who you rocking with? You got me? Celebrity Deathmatch. I'm listening. Who you got? All mm-hmm. right. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. Or, or you can have Morpheus and Neo, mm. talk to me. Talk I'm, to me. Uh, I'm going with Obi Wan and Luke Skywalker. So you telling me they they going home with the SmackDown tag team titles? They going the Force, man. Come on, it's the Force. But but if you combine a red pill and a blue pill, <laughs> it's a purple pill. That's like some some mega Saiyan pill. That's I, that's that's some wild boy stuff no, right there. There are no Saiyans, okay, and no purple pills in the Matrix. No, no, okay. So I, I would say. And the reason why I would say that is obviously Morpheus and Neo, they got all these powers and they can do all these magnificent things while they're in the Matrix. Neo was the only one that could do something outside of the Matrix in his interaction with the machines. Right. However, Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker, they can interact with everything with the force in the real world. I mean, but it took Luke Skywalker one hand to defeat a black man. Wow. Or, or someone that had black stuff on. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know you're talking about. Come on, man. But, Stop dissing the black people. Come I'm on. not. But Laura Fishburne is the but, shit, yo. But Agent Smith was giving Lawrence Fishburne that work. That's true. The, 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 every, every agent, Morpheus, to give them a run for their money, but they always got to save them. <laughs> so. so look, let's talk about this new Matrix. Uh-huh. Matrix Resurrection Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on with Neo? How did he return? Did it make sense to you? 
his return made sense. They explained how he got came back. They explained how Trinity came back. What? Um, Wait, Trinity's back too? Yeah, they. I mean, it was in a preview, so I'm not giving out any okay. any spoilers, right, 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 for anybody that didn't watch it. But um, if if anyone has watched all the other Matrix, you didn't really miss anything from this Matrix. I mean, there's some new elements, some new characters, and some new things. Um, there was a slight twist to the storyline, but if you see, there's a lot of familiar faces that you see, a lot of familiar characters from the old Matrix, and that's all it is. It's sort of like what they did with Coming to America when it was just like nostalgia. Yes. Like just bringing back all those things that you liked about Coming to America and all those characters. Matrix was sort of like the same thing. So are you telling me that it had this pandemic money grab feel? It, it had definitely had a money grab feel. And that's crazy because the Matrix trilogy, like let's not yeah. talk about Resurrections. But well, let's move aside from Resurrections for one quick second. The Matrix trilogy was up there with that Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. It had that type of special quality. It, it had that Star Wars feel to it, it where you had, I would say, people that are into Comic-Con type of stuff. This is this is a this is their jam. This is something that slaps for them. Right. So so if you if so if you want to go into that kind of depth, yeah. I think Resurrection was was able to uh feed people's appetites okay. for the for the franchise. Right. But as a person that really watched, even I, and I recently watched the trilogy. Right. After all these years later. Yeah. And with 2021, with all the graphics and all of the, and all this, 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 and that, it kind of took away mm. from it for me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was weird. It was just kind of weird. It was like easy now. I want to, I want to f*** it up. Okay. All right. I ain't mean to curse nah, like nah, that. Nah, so good. But go I wanted to F it up. All right. Yeah, uh-huh. Check me out. So this is what I think. This is what I think the Matrix should have done. I don't know who the director was. I don't know who the writer was. But I'm all, you know me, I'm all about wrestling. So I'm all about repackaging, all right? And getting somebody in the ring and they'd be like, oh, I can't believe this person came back. So hit, hit me out, hit uh-huh, me out. Uh-huh. I think however they brung Neo back, I don't know how they did it because I didn't watch The Matrix, all right? I ain't gonna lie, I left at Matrix 2. Okay. Because Matrix 2 was, in my opinion, the best Matrix. Oh, That's yeah. just my personal opinion. Okay. All right? Now, hit me out. I believe I believe Neo should have came back as John Wick. Okay? <laughs> if Neo would have looked Facts. like John Wick and had a gun and just started wailing on a bunch of a bunch of agent what's, what's the man in agent name? Smith. Agent Smith and Agent Smith should have been played by Nicolas Cage. On some face off on some on some That's other, what I'm trying to say. On some no, other but, but 2023 no, 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 but Agent, Agent, Smith, Agent Smith was back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was a different person. He looked like it. So all the all those characters came back. Morpheus, everybody came back. Right. But they came back in their own way. So it was a resurrection of what you used to seeing in the Matrix and those familiar faces and those characters. All the people that really liked those John Wick movies. That would have been a good cross promotion right there. You bring you bring the John Wick look. It don't got to be John Wick, you know, wink, wink. Right. But it's John serious, Wick. And, that, and I think that's what it was. The seriousness of the old Matrix, mm-hmm. the, uh, what's the word? Um, the urgency and all of that. Right. Worked. It didn't, I didn't feel that in this film. It was just like a good time, fun, what I'm saying. film. You bring John Wick in there, 
to go mess everything up. Or we up. saw Keanu Reeves as John Wick and now we don't want to see him do nothing else. So, exactly. <laughs> Who's the better Neo? You know what I'm saying? Who's the better Neo? Neo or John Wick? John Wick, for sure, for sure. I'm not even, I can't even debate that. Keanu Reeves as John Wick. That I want to see John Wick 10. Like we used to see all the diehards, like how we should see all the Rocky movies. I'm here for John Wick 30. Like James Bond, like I'm here for it. Hey, yo, what the f***? What are you going to use to help you get more feedback from the audience in 2022? Because I think that's very important for you to be able to understand the effects your brand is having since that's really your focus is promoting and, and, and building the brand. What are some things in 2022 can we expect for you to allow audiences to give you feedback? It's funny that you're asking me that, Corey, because in my mind, I'm thinking, should I create some type of Google Doc or... Am I just going out and says, hey, go on Apple Podcast and leave me a review? It, it really does something for me. I, I want those things to happen. I just don't know, honestly, to physically how to, how to put that together. I don't know if me sending out forms to people, is that going to make them actually fill it out? Or should I just actually just tell you through post or through text? Hey, if you have an Apple phone, which 90% of us does, except me. Wow. Go on Apple Podcasts. Don't laugh at me because I said that. Go go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I need those things. I, I definitely want those things to happen. That is not something that I'm looking to skip or dodge at all. I want people to leave a review. It's just, for some reason, people thumbs, they rather text and, and, and make captions for themselves. It's just, I don't know, something about doing something for somebody else sometimes. It's just like, no, nah, I got to do that right now. I don't, I don't know what that's about. I don't know. Maybe I should right. just go outside with the AK and just start asking people questions like that. Like, hey, you ever like leave reviews for Apple? I do now. Great, great question. Great, great answer. Good, good answer. That's right. So maybe we should do that. Corey, you want to be a getaway driver? What you thinking? No? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it. So just give me, give me a five speed and we good to go. <laughs> I'll be Lewis Hamilton out there. <laughs> but uh, I think that, I think for you, man, I, you know, you asked the question. I'm going to, on this conversation, we're just going to inject my professional um, experience in there. You should do both, right? And it should be a call. It should be a call to action, right? When you're doing your episodes or when you're engaging people, hey, listen, just do me a quick favor. Go on, go on Apple or Spotify because Spotify has that now. Um, go on your wherever you listen to podcasts. Just go in there and leave me a review. Um, appreciate it. I'm on this. I'm on this directory. I'm on this service. Can you just hop on whichever one you're using? Leave a review. But you could also say, hey, guys, in my description. On my podcast, there's a there's a, a link to the form. Can you just fill that out and let me know what you think? You know, like little thing because the, you want to get the data, right? You want to get the data from people so that you can figure out where what's working, what's not working, and you can also show your teammates, like, okay, guys, this is what people are saying. I know you feel this way, but this is what the people are saying, and this is what they're saying they like or don't like. You know, and then you can help really get your team together for 2022 in that capacity. Because that's what a lot of brands do anyway. They do focus groups. They do all these different data collection to help build that brand. And I think it's important for podcasters to understand that, that that's important. That's an important part of pr your promotion because that's the only way you know what's working and what's not. Right. Right. So, um, I mean, uh, look, man, it looks like you're going to be, you're going to position yourself for a big year. And, and I, I'm looking forward to your brand growing in, 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 in a space. I mean, You've already accomplished what a lot of podcasters can't. So, you know, I definitely want you to look at how you can build on that even a little bit further because you've been doing something right. It's been working. So whatever that's working, you don't want to, you don't want to break what's, 
what's not, you know, you don't want to break what's not broken, right? So that should be still be a part of your plan. Now, I don't know what the magic sauce was, but what are some things, what is the direction you see for podcasters in 2022? Wow. <sighs> Where do you see the podcasting space being going in the direction that it's going in 2022? You know, I actually looked into that. What did you call that? It was the Black Podcasters from Edison Research. What did you call that? The Black Podcasters Listeners Report from Edison Research. The Black Podcasters Listening Research? Listen, listeners Report from Edison Research. <laughs> the Black po- Okay, so I was... The black Podcasters Listeners Report. It's, it's wordy. It's really wordy. And, you know, maybe, hopefully, this is the first time I ever did it, so I give them a little leeway in it. But maybe down the road, they can come up with a better an easier term because it is, yes. it, especially for me, since a lot of my business is black, 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 it, I twist it up all the time. So um, it's the Black Listeners Report 2021 from Edison Research. So I was listening or reading rather. Well, I was listening to you moderate that with a group of a panel. Right. And I actually read it. And they were saying that more than half of whatever population that Black Americans were listening to podcasts, it was a 50% increase of that. Um, we're close to it, which is great. So I actually see podcasting, even though I know the real number of how many Black Americans are listening is not that high, but again, it's on a surge going up. So for me, the way I look at that is, Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm in the game at a, at a good time. People are like just catching on to this, but are willing to catch on to this and dive into it. Sometimes you're, you're in spaces where you see something can either be real big or, ah, uh, like Bitcoin eight years ago was way more like, Oh, this is, yo, I'm telling you, this is going to be the thing of the world. And, what shut it down for a little while was when people started getting money taken from them out of nowhere. People would just wake up like, oh, wait, what's going on? Wait, eight, wait how did, how did $18,000 just get out of my account? What's, what's going on here? So with uh, 2022 and the surge of podcast listeners, this is why I'm making sure that the content is consistent. The promotion is consistent because these new people that's coming into the restaurant, I want to make sure I give them a menu fast. Like, hey, this is what we got. This is what we got. We got, we got this on the menu. Hey, try out this steak. This steak right here. I'm trying to tell you, you'll like this steak. So it's, it's, it's those type of things that um, I'm, I'm very um, happy for. I'm happy that there are more listeners coming into play. Um, my friends, I still talk to just people I see through a party or two. I ain't see them in years. And they be telling me like, oh, yeah, you know, my man, my friend got a podcast. And I say, well, how you feel about it? Ah, you know, and sometimes that that right there already turns them off. But hey, look. That's where I got to just swoop in and be like, look, 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 don't, don't, don't let that confidence leave out your body yet. Listen to one more podcast. If you don't like this podcast, I, I well, please just like it, but listen to it. <laughs> it's one of those type of things, you know, just being yourself and people. So, so far for me, I'm the one, I'm not saying that I'm the exception to the rule, but I am being this silver lining in the, in the cloud of podcasting right now. And I'm happy for that. And I, I'm good, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're, we're at the momentum stage where we're like, this is like the ground floor of an investment. This is, this is Steve Jobs coming to you saying, I got this company named Apple or Bill Gates. You know, we loved hearing the Bill Gates story of how he made all these millionaires because they, you know, he went to them and said, Hey, I'm going to be doing this. Do you want to get in now? Yeah. Right. You know, his, 
Are you, you know, and, and I think that's a great opportunity for us as podcasters, as well as black podcasters to, to capture that and create your market share and to create that brand awareness that will say, you know, that will t- eventually at some point turn you into the Joe Rogan in the industry. Yeah. Because even though Joe Rogan's a celebrity, he's been doing it for almost 12 years. Yeah. And it's been a slow, a slow grind for him as well in that space, in this space particularly. You know, of course, celebrity has helped push him even further. But let's not get into that. You're gonna you're gonna make me right. you're gonna make me start spazzing and gonna make me start uh start ranting. All right. <laughs> but you, you yeah. get my message, you no, get no. my point is that brand awareness is it's it's a, it's it's we're we're in the beginning stages, and it's a great opportunity for podcasters to capitalize off of it. Brand awareness is great until MOP and Tretch knock on my door and say, "Hey, hey, you know, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. I'd have been like, you know, let me toss this late night flight to the side. Hey, Tretch, come on, let's do the Tretch show. Let's do the Tretch show. We already know we about to get fourteen thousand listeners in, in a week. We about to make some money. I have to push the late night flight to the side for Tretch. Yo, we about to do the Tretch show." <laughs> Naughty by pods or whatever. We're about to make this thing pop. <laughs> so I know we've been talking about the late night flight and where you see that at for 2022, but let's talk about you, your personal brand. What does that look like in 2022? Um, as I said earlier in the interview, I want to be in radio. I, I still want to be in radio. I know the radio industry is it's very hard to get in that game because to be honest with you, you can have that job till you're 70 years old. I can't wait for Angie Martinez to be 70 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on 105.1. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, Fun Master Plex is already 70. I don't care wow. what nobody telling me. I already know he got an access link personal bus. He got a personal access link sprinter for elderly people. He just put his speakers on there and just haul ass back to wherever he live at. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. Funkmaster Flex is going to be on Hot 97 till 80 years old. And I think unlike Red Alert, Unlike Kid Capri, he is going to near kill any executive that tried to remove him from the radio station. Like, I'm not going nowhere until I die. So it's really hard to get in that business. But I want to be in the business. I mean, I'm, I'm making a joke. If they got hip hop in New Mexico, just give me the job over there. I could definitely be the personality over there in New Mexico. I mean, it's New Mexico. Come on. Give it to me. Give it to me. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I mean... So how do you feel about, you know, what they say, like, radio is dying then? How does that, like, what does that resonate? Do you see that in 2022? Or do you see that podcasting and being the personality you are is only helping to prop that up, that, that, that goal up? 2012. Never forget this year. 2012. Everybody better remember this year. 2012. I remember at Nonfiction Radio. Oh, my God. I can't believe I just said the name of the online radio station. It's nothing like that. But when I was on online radio, it was so many people. That was the ploy. That was, that was their way. And not, no, nothing against, I'm sorry, nothing against nonfiction radio. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people that were there that had this idea of what online radio could be. Oh, yo, radio about to die. This is 2012. Radio's about to die. Everybody about to go into online radio. Everybody's online. What are you talking about? And in my mind, I'm like, yo, but when I turn on my girlfriend's car to come down to the stu- come down to the radio station, I'm listening to Hot 97, 105.1, KTU Radio, et cetera, et cetera, because when I turn the ignition on, that's what's on. And if you go to an even newer car, like in 2021, it's all serious XM, what? Internet radio? No, radio, okay? So these that medium ain't dying. 
That's it's just not. It's not going anywhere. If in fact, to be honest with you, thank God for Sirius XM Radio because you got people that you probably wouldn't hear on radio like a Joe Madison. Is that's his name, right? You heard of that guy, Joe Madison? Nah. Well, to be fair, I don't listen to a lot of radio. As soon as I turn my car on, I put on my i i my Apple Music. But, no, no. Um, I believe it's a black American by the name of Joe Madison. He talks some social science and health and black man healing type of stuff. But I mean, this man is on Sirius XM. He's a he's a he's a big deal. And that's that's his name. That's his name. Right. Joe Madison. So that's the point that I'm making. Like Sirius XM has made some some waves for people. The Eminem station, the Shade 45, it has made waves for people. Sway has been able to move away from the greatness he was on Hot 97 and MTV and get to be on Sirius XM Radio doing what he wants to do. So to me, radio isn't going anywhere. But the great thing about that is that it hasn't, it hasn't up what podcasting is and where it can be either. So now we're in a place where Two mediums where one is radio and the other one is basically radio on demand. They're both getting marketing money. So both of them get to exist. All right, Nassau, are you recording? Yeah, I'm recording. This is actually going better than what I thought. This is good. All right, Nassau, so I'm, I'm going to do a quick exercise with you. I'm going to um, give you some, some, uh, some concepts and I want you to tell me if you strongly agree, agree, unsure, disagree, and strongly Disagree. Oh, this is like when I uh, started working at Dish Network. I remember this. Okay, let's do that. So, you know, I think it's a good uh, exercise for you and and for the audience to see, you know, to get an opinion. Um, Let's start with the key to success for a podcast is downloads. Mm. You know what? I'm going to say agree. I'm not going to strongly agree because downloads are an outliner of the monetizing. It's it's not necessarily a, a a, a staple of success. I can't say that. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I can't say that the Late Night Flight is a successful podcast because we have over 20,000 downloads. No. It's a, it's a pushed product because we have 20,000 downloads. Sure. The content and people sticking around, that's going to be the outliner. So it's a mixture of downloads engagements, and I'm not talking about just social media engagements. I'm talking about if I send you a form to give me reviews and you send it back and I got a hundred of them at the end of the month, that's engagement to me. People that's on the street saying, I'm going to email you what I think about your show in two days and they actually do it. And I have 50 emails at the end of the month. That's engagement. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question that's an area of contention for me or or an area of debate that um you know that's an ongoing debate within the podcast space. So, do you think content is more important than the quality of audio for a podcast? Do you agree? Strongly agree? Are you unsure or neutral? Disagree or strongly disagree? Okay, so you're asking me if the audio is more important than the content, or is the content more important than the audio? Either one, brother. But, uh, you know, there's some people who are one side where the content is greater than the audio. And then there's some people on the side where they think audio is greater than content. And there's some people that are in the middle. All right. So I'm going to say it like this. I strongly agree that the audio is more important than the content. There you go. Okay. Because people have to hear it first. <laughs> 
This is a chicken or the egg type of conversation, except for the fact that it ain't no debate on this one. <laughs> the audio, okay? The audio matters. It matters so, so much. There are some good podcasters out here. They really are. I, I heard a couple of them from the Black Podcasters Association. They are. And I can't use them because they want to use condenser mics. No disrespect. I ain't doing that. You have to make sure that your audience and the people that you are saying that are engaged with you, they should know that you are willing to spend not only money, but time, sweat equity, blood equity into the project that you are making a passion piece. How can you showcase that if you don't invest in yourself? Having condenser mics in 2021 May sound good to somebody in Best Buy and PC Richard because they want you to spend that $200 on that mic. I'd rather you pay $299 on a, uh, on a Procaster mic from Rode, okay? That's what I'd rather you do. Well, um, you know, if you know me, then you know where I stand with that. Yeah. <laughs> People can't, and I, and I take a more scientific approach, you know, ears are sensitive. So yes. after a while, they get fatigued and certain frequencies speed up that fatigue. Absolutely. Cause people pain. So... At the end of the day, you know, without good audio, I don't care how you how good your content is, I'm not listening. As Ron Burgundy would say, it's science. It's science, yeah, it is. And that's usually my response to people. <laughs> but um, let's do one more. Okay. Uh, let's do one more, uh, you know, strongly agree, disagree, whatever. I don't know what this kind of bit this segment is called, but um some probably another debatable area. Okay, okay. Uh podcasts. Or visual, or video, visual or video. Do you agree? Strongly disagree? Strongly agree? Agree? Are you unsure? Neutral? Disagree? Or strongly disagree? So, here is before I answer that question, I want to tell you some outlaw stuff again. Because again, I want to be a pirate. I want to be a pirate of podcasting because I feel like the people that make the money don't give a. F- Jim Cornette. Wrestling legend, the greatest wrestling manager ever, gets 100,000 views off an audio podcast when he wants to talk about who's better, Hulk Hogan or Bret Hart, right? Yo, now I get it. He's a celebrity and and he's talking about, if you want to use podcasting terms, he's using a niche that he knows very well and he's getting all these views. There's a lot of other wrestling personalities. Conan, I'm like, I'm, I'm saying names like y'all know who I'm talking about, but I'm going to say them anyway. Conan, Disco Inferno, people have these shows, but they're not getting no views like this guy because this guy's actually really entertaining. Then you have Jesus and Mero who had the Bodega Boys. No one even really heard of what they was go- doing in YouTube in the mid 2000s, except Vice, who was like, oh no, come on up. I like this audio podcast. It's it's ridiculous that people on my level, grassroots level, think that visual podcasts will take them to another stratosphere. The reason why they think that is because they see the outlaw celebrity podcasters doing whatever they want to on YouTube and they think they should do the exact same thing. In fact, the ones that do that are on a grassroots level, (laughs) they want to do a visual podcast and then they do the same thing. They sit in front of a desk with a mug there and all four of them talk about a bunch of nothing. And again, like we talked about a couple of uh, a couple of questions ago, the audio quality now 
It's your visual quality. Now it's both. It's audio and your visual. You sound hollow when you talk. You look good on the on, on the visual. You look bad on the visual. You're talking things okay, but I mean, I'm, I'm I have to watch you now. It's like now everybody's on a sofa. Everybody's on a seat. Black women got their hair straight, chilling. Want to talk about the men that's broke? It's like it's the same thing. How can I figure out who's willing to? Identify, like you know, uh, identify themselves. I'm sorry, not say identify themselves. Isolate themselves, separate themselves from the pack, and develop their identity. The reason why I'm going to say that I strongly disagree with visual podcast, not because it's not a thing that can work. It can definitely work. Do I want to do a visual podcast? Sure, I would love to, but I'm not going to do it. For people that's not going to say, yo, I really want to check out what Nassau got going on. Because I, I, in my opinion, just like how I feel about the audio, the content has to be there. I am not willing to just be on film with a mic in front of my face. Like whatever I'm going to do or say is so much more special than the other 400,000 visual podcasters that's out here. No, 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 no. And then on top of it, with an audio podcast, again, I'm looking to talk to professional people. You know what professional people do between nine to five? They ain't got time to watch something. They're too busy doing some data entry. You can listen to this while you're doing your data entry. You can listen to this while you're driving in your car. There's nothing wrong with audio. We keep talking about the new hot girl in school all the time. It's like, this is what visual podcast is right now. You saw that new hot girl named Vision? Like, yo, she aight, she aight. Don't worry about that. You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing wrong with audio in the first place. I just got mad because audio kept dissing all y'all. That's what y'all mad at. Audio still out here. She's looking good. She's looking good as hell. Don't diss what's here already. That's what they said about radio. Oh, radio's going to be out the window. Matter of fact, Breakfast Club, they did both. They said, you know what? We're going to get better guests. We're going to get Stephen A. Smith and Regina Hall and Oscar nominees and all that good stuff start coming to the show. We'll make a visual. That, that's what actually set off the visual trend, in my opinion, as far as what radio is. That set off a visual trend because they were still going to have the guests and go audio and people were still going to listen. But the visual part of people that were already known, the Breakfast Club was already a popular entity. It just took it to another stratosphere. So now we got people chasing that. So because people chasing it so much, I have to strongly disagree with it. All right. So um, it's been a great episode. It's been great talking to you. Yes, um, yes. We're going to start wrapping up. Let's let's just end it on this note. Um, what is some advice you can give to some podcasters watching this right now or, the, or, the, or your audience out there watching right now for 2022 that may be looking to get into podcasting or get into the media, this media space? What I want everyone to do is this. This is what I want you to do. For real, for real. I got some great advice for you. I want you. It depends on what age you are. So how old is the person I'm talking to, Corey? If you give me an age, I can lay it out for someone. Just give me an age. Any age you want. Let's, let's just do the demographic of uh, 15 to 25. Okay. So that's, that's one of the fastest growing demographics in podcasting. So let's, do, let's look at that space. You're 20 years old. This is what I want you to do, my 20-year-old friend. I want you to either go to college or get a trade, right? And then after you graduate, and you get your career. I don't know how long that's going to take you. Let's say it takes you another two years to get to the career you want. 
I want you to use that money and do all the things that me and Corey just had a conversation about, okay? I'm serious because the more money you have behind you, you're able to get off the ground running much easier. I think it's all about getting off that ground. It's like a plane. It's like the flight. Not my podcast, but in real life, seriously. They on that runway, they on that strip for about a good three to four minutes and then they're in the air. For us in real life as podcasters, that three or four minutes that that plane is on that runway is like three, five, six years. How do you make that easier? Well, if you got more money in your pocket, you can already buy your podcasting equipment. You can already buy your promotion. You can already set up your money to buy your Facebook ads and your Instagram ads. You're already ready to do the most important thing for your podcast, which is the behind the scenes business of it. That's more important than the content. And you're talking to a content creator, one hell of a one, to be honest with you. But realistically, the back of the store stuff, you know what I mean? The storage of your podcast is so much, it's more important than your content. There are, I think in that, in that, uh, in that listener report, they also talked about the increase of black women in podcasting. And look, I don't want black women to smack me around. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what, when I read it, this is what it said to me. When I read that, what it said to me was, oh, well, more black women are just in podcasting. Great. That's fine. Nothing wrong. Like, that's great. But realistically, most of black women talk about the same thing. I know. You probably know, Corey. I'm not here to even talk crap about that. I'm just saying that you're about to put yourself in a saturated place anyway. So you better separate yourself as soon as you get in it. If you're going to be another relationship, gossip, spiritual wellness person, which is fine, you're going to have to make it different. It ain't got to be better, but different than everyone else that's doing it. You have to do that. When I created the late night flight, I realized that a lot of people, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, a lot of people like to have personal conversations on microphones, which is the weirdest thing. I know they got it from celebrities because normal people on a grassroots level want to know what Kevin Hart do at five o'clock in the evening. I get it. But for yourself, you having this personal conversation with your friend who works at Amazon is not a great conversation at all. It's really not. It sounds good to you two because you two are friends. But remember, you're doing this for an audience. I talk as if I'm talking to an audience. It's not that I'm saying the hell with Corey. Oh no, Corey is an important piece to the puzzle because in life, when you do dialogue, you have ideas. Corey is the wall. Corey is the person I get to bounce these ideas off of. And the thing about this wall, he's actually a real person. So he's going to say some things back. He ain't no fool. I'm going to say some stuff. I don't agree with everything you're saying to saw. And then on top of it all, we're both projecting to an audience that has to understand why we're having this conversation in the first place. People act like they don't understand that. They just saying, I'm here. I'm a podcaster. Download it. And that does not give you the right to think that people will download it because of that. So there you go with that. I think that's some of the realest advice that I've heard all year long. Um, 
I think that I think that is a real conversation that really has to be had within the podcasting space from not only from the podcasters but the audience as well. Um, I I I think for what you just said, man, I, I almost wanted to give you like a round of applause for a second. <laughs> Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the fastest rising podcast. If you want to contribute, DM us at the late night flight. Hey yo, what the f- this is some pilot right here.